Previously on the Afternoon Zone. There has been a huge increase in the wasp population. Now, a lot of other shows might tell you how to get rid of the wasps, but we're telling you how to live with the wasps. Oh, oh my God, thank you so much for coming over. You don't have any, yes. like, pet allergies or anything like that. No, no, I don't, but uh, did you get wasps? I did, yeah, thanks for noticing. They actually make great pets. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I mean, some of them sting still, but we're sure. working on it. We're going through training. Do they make honey? No, they're wasps. Jenny West, one half of the afternoon drive show on Patterson Media's The Zone at 91.3 in Victoria, is this year's Alan Waters Young Broadcaster of the Year, annually presented in memory of late programmer Steve Young. West joined us on Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, in advance of Canadian Music Week in Toronto, where she received her award during Radio Days North America. In this episode, we cover everything from her podcasting and charity endeavors, which happen to intersect, to the importance of mental wellness and why she believes we're in control of the future of radio. My name is Jenny West. I'm the afternoon co-host in The Zone at 91.3 in Victoria. And uh, I got into radio through high school. I was really into theater. And it was the only thing that I really liked in school was performing and also the technical sides of doing lights and stagecraft and production. And the thing is, though, my parents met in theater school in Toronto, and they're both not in theater now. So it was looking into their own lives and being like, maybe theater isn't the best idea for you because it didn't really work out for us. But I love that you love performing. So I kind of had to get creative as to what I could do. And at that time, I was just starting my obsession with radio requesting songs and my first ever song I requested was in middle school and it was sexy back from Justin Timberlake and I still remember the feeling of that song coming on the radio and thinking oh my gosh everyone who's listening right now we're having the same experience and the host I just called him and now all of a sudden I'm a part of the show and there was this beautiful kind of magic human connection that I fell in love with and got obsessed with and that really is what took me into the radio program at BCIT. My sister was doing um, real estate at BCIT and said, hey, did you know that you could do radio as a career and you can just do it for two years, just go through school for two years and then boom, you're a broadcaster. So obviously I was so into that, did that right out of high school. During that, I fell in love with The Zone. There was something about the hosts that were just so authentic and they didn't present like radio broadcasters. They presented like friends and I just felt like I got to know them um, just by listening to their shows. So I really wanted to do my internship there and I fell in love with Victoria when I did my internship there and wanted to end up in Victoria at The Zone. Um, I did a little stint in Prince George just doing um, swing announcing as well as production, which I loved. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. Even just moving to a smaller town was, you know, pretty exciting as like an 18, 19 year old. And then a position opened at The Zone and I started on as a senior swing announcer. 
and then moved into Afternoons with Paul Plastino, who's my co-host. And we've been working um, as a duo for, oh, I don't know how long, maybe five, six years. I'm not good with timelines, but it's been amazing the amount of growth that The Zone has allowed me to have just within that company. I've been there for almost nine years now. And anytime I go up to my management and say, hey, I just feel like I need another challenge. I'm just, I'm getting complacent and I don't want to, and I'm doing as much as I can in the show and I need something else. They always manage to find opportunities for me. And I'm so grateful just for the team there, just being so creative and supportive of creative risks. And um, yeah, and I fell in love with Victoria. I'm so obsessed with Victoria. And I think that's kind of what's challenging is you hear that people move around so much in radio, but I don't want to move anymore. <laughs> so. Well, we'll see how that goes. As you mentioned, you've had the benefit of spending your entire career with Patterson Media. Did you imagine you'd still be with the company all those years ago when you walked into that building in Victoria as an intern? I actually did. Like, I, as soon as I walked in that building, I just felt like home. And I had never felt that with any of the jobs I've had in the past. And it was the people there that really just made me feel like I just fit right in. And it was, yeah, it was like family. So when I got there, my 10-year goal was to do afternoons at The Zone. And um, that happened within, you know, five years, which was very exciting. But, you know, now I'm kind of looking at like, what's my next goal within Jim Pattison company? You know, what's even funny is that I was working for Jim Pattison before radio and I was at um, Save on Foods working as like a cashier and doing produce and everything. So yeah, you've, I've been like working for Jim Pattison my entire life, really. Um, and I, yeah, I don't really see it changing, honestly. I mean, I'm obviously open to opportunities um, to see where it goes. But right now, I'm just, I'm just so in love with the team here. I'm so in love with the station. We're in a situation where there are fewer and fewer opportunities for young broadcasters to start in positions like Swing. And I would love to hear your thoughts on choosing to do radio in a medium market, because I hear from broadcast educators all the time that there are a ton of students who don't want to leave Calgary or Vancouver or Edmonton to take a gig in a smaller city. I feel like my situation is not that common. I don't think I would have gotten to the zone if I hadn't done like a little tiny trip up to Prince George, just timing wise, it worked out. I would just recommend if you're young and you're able to do those small little radio jobs, um, you know, in in a smaller town, because you just get so much experience, you know, like you are able to get your claws into every single department. Like when I was in Prince George, I was able to do production, but I also did, you know, creative writing and um, on air. And then I did some voice tracking and, and voiceover. And I just felt like I got a lot of experience, but I could only do it really sustainably for a short period of time because I was working two other jobs while I was there in order to live. So I think it's it's really challenging because it everywhere is so expensive too, right? So if you want you know, to get all that experience is like you have to work two other jobs and really grind it out. And, you know, it's not for everyone. A big part of the criteria for Young Broadcaster of the Year is community service. Do you want to talk about your own involvement with different organizations in Victoria? Yeah. Um, So through The Zone, um, I heard about this girl in Victoria who started a nonprofit called Period Posse. And she was a UVic student. Her name is Lindsay Shaw. And she was around my age as well. And she was just walking to go get groceries one day 
and walked by someone who was asking for money and it was a young woman and she thought okay well I'm gonna go buy tampons which are about uh, ten dollars and I'm wondering how this person is able to afford tampons because ten dollars is a lot if they can't afford food how are they dealing with their period every month oh my gosh what what happens here so she ended up going to a bunch of local social services and asking what they do for you know period products and a lot of the times there's actually no budget in social services like places you know where you'd go get you know your daily food portions and things like that the period products they're not in the budget so a lot of it was coming out of all of the volunteers pockets and they're just coming out through donations so she started period posse to um, raise money for social services for period products and also raise products so like do product drives as well so I had her on the show and I got so inspired by her and asked if there was any way I could be involved so she brought me into the period posse and we were doing a bunch of product drives around Victoria and uh, hosting events to raise money for island sexual health and other social services. And through that, we started a podcast called The Rag, where, because what I was finding is that no one talked about that issue, that no one was able to, you know, afford products every single month, just because no one wanted to talk about your period. I mean, when you went and, uh, you know, walked into the bathroom, you would hide your tampon up your sleeve because you just don't want to talk about it. So we thought that was a huge gap and we just wanted to start conversations around it. So at least people were comfortable talking about these sort of things. Um, and that then that evolved into other experiences that people have that, you know, people don't want to talk about, like miscarriages and how common it is. And, you know, just getting people on the, the podcast to just share experiences that maybe they've been keeping quiet and kind of dealing with alone. And just hoping to, yeah, make those kind of uncomfortable topics more comfortable. And then that way, you know, it can get more attention. And, and then we can like kind of work on the needs that need to be met around these sort of topics and these issues that people are facing every single day that we think, you know, you're facing by yourself. But really a bunch of people are kind of going through. Um, so the reg. Um, has been amazing. We stopped during the pandemic because I wasn't allowed to have people in the studio anymore. So we're hoping to do a new launch with uh, a new season of The Rag. And yeah, that was that was incredible. Another thing that I recently, well, not su super recent, but in 2016, um, I had just moved to Victoria. I was there for about a year and I heard about this charity boxing match. So raising a whole bunch of money for a bunch of local charities, the Firefighters Foundation, um, like Make-A-Wish and a, a bunch of other charities in Victoria. And the way that they were raising the money was by doing boxing matches. So I signed up and learned boxing in like two months and was thrown into a ring and fought someone, a wonderful woman named Angela, who is like a, uh, a teacher at, at a local school and just like the sweetest person ever. But we had to punch each other in the face. It was very, very challenging. And I ended up losing that fight, but it really got me into boxing in general. Um, so I, since then, I've been just practicing boxing and then um, now teaching it at a boxing fitness studio. And then last week, I had a boxing match where I was, yeah, it didn't go so well also, <laughs> but I, I wanted to have that challenge again. And it was uh, West Coast Wonder Woman, which is uh, one of, I think, only five all-female cards in North America. So there was over 100 fighters there. And it was, yeah, it was pretty inspiring to see just the amount of women in the sport and just, you know, giving opportunities to anyone to um, get involved with the sport that seems to be intimidating. 
But uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of opportunities for women to, you know, feel comfortable in that sport. So it was really nice to be a part of that, even though I got my ass kicked. Uh, <laughs> I'm still going to continue boxing and teaching boxing as well. I've never boxed, but I imagine that there are amazing mental wellness benefits to it. Do you think being well-rounded is the key to finding balance in this industry? Yes, absolutely. Um, I've learned so much from boxing and it has helped me so much in my career mentally. Um, so I am a very anxious person. I suffer from panic attacks and, you know, like radio can be very stressful because it's live, right? You have to keep going. The show like must go on and you have to take your baggage, whatever it is that you're going through that day and put it to the side as you do your, your, your show. And I think there is, you know, still a piece where you should be honest about what you're going through. And I think that will really connect with people and be, you know, very transparent that if you're having a bad day that you can talk to your listener if you trust them and let them know. But at the same time, you still have to focus on the show because you have four hours or however long to, to get through. So I think with boxing, oh my gosh, I've learned so much, especially in the last few months where I was really taking it seriously, like training every day and, you know, going to therapy on the side. It was wild because what would happen is I would get in the ring. It would be a sparring day. So it's like a mock fight, right? So you're, you're kind of fighting that fight or flight the entire time, right? You have a two minute round. You're putting all of this physical effort in. And then mentally, if you lose focus at any point, you're getting punched in the face. So it's this thing where I was getting panic attacks while sparring. And of course, I would lose focus and then just get pummeled. So I had to go to therapy and, and, you know, realize like, okay, this happens at work sometimes, but this happens all the time when I'm sparring. And I want to be able to notice that panic and be able to go through it and realize that it's okay and that, you know, this, uh, that I can work through it. And by the end of my training, I would feel those little panic thoughts come in and I've been able to actually calm that thought and push it away and remain focused. And that has helped me so much. You know, working with a co-host can have its challenges as well. And being able to, if you're getting worked up about something outside of, you know, work that you're able to just be like, no, this is just a thought and this isn't actually what's happening and we can deal with this later and we're just going to continue on has been so, so, so helpful. And it is a very extreme way to get over that. And I understand, but I do recommend, you know, people challenging themselves in, in that way mentally, you know, to, to kind of put themselves in really hard positions. That's really interesting. There's a lot of broadcasters who've come out lately acknowledging that they've struggled with anxiety attacks on air. At what point did you realize that therapy was a good option for you? Because I think there are a ton of people in this business who historically wait way too long to go down that path. And I count myself in that group. Well, I count myself in that group too. I mean, it was only the last few years that I, I got into therapy and I was like leaning on, you know, self-help podcasts and things like that. But I found even just with one session, I was able to think back to that session and remember, you know, what she told me in that moment and just kind of change my perspective slightly. It is a practice though. Like you have to continue to, you know, go through those hard times and then refer back and it's not always going to be perfect. And I think like that was my main thing. It's like, it's not a quick, quick solution, but it is a solution hopefully for, for, for people. But 
it's it's intimidating. I mean, it was so hard to get into therapy to begin with, I found. I, I wanted someone to just sign up for me. I think that was the hardest thing was like calling a therapist. Like I had called a bunch of times, but if they never answered, then I wouldn't leave a message. You know, I would just be like, oh, well, it's not the time right now. OK, I'm just going to keep on going because I'm really stressed and I can't deal with this right now. So I think what I would recommend if someone is, you know, having a lot of anxiety and they're maybe prone to panic attacks or or just want to even just you're if you're not it's just a good thing to do um when you're feeling really good set up your appointment because i find it's really hard when you're in it and you're like having a really dark time and you're like depressed or you're you know anxious you don't really want to add another thing by like talking to someone new about your problems so if you set it up when you're feeling good then when you're feeling bad you can easily go to this thing that's already familiar to you um, and it's not scary at that moment because you've done it before. You have a relationship with the therapist. That's kind of what I did was like, okay, I'm feeling really good right now, but I don't want to feel as bad as I did last month. So I'm going to set up an appointment for a future me. I want to go back to podcasting. First of all, women's health is such an under-discussed topic. So good on you for you know addressing that. But is podcasting a way for you to really get off the leash into some edgier material that you really can't go into on radio. I do find that. I find that working with a, a company or you have like you're you're kind of representing, you know, a larger thing. You kind of at least I find that I have a lot of filters that I'm kind of breaking down as I'm talking about things. And you have to think about everyone who's listening. Right. So you're going to be chatting with people who are you know, driving their kids to school and there's like a 10 year old in the car and, you know, I don't want to be their parent, but like also I want to have an open communication with my listener. So there is like, you know, I do kind of go into those sort of topics on air, but it's a little bit different. But if someone likes what they hear in that sort of filtered version of it, then they are choosing to come to the podcast and listen to that specific topic you know like when you're in the when you're listening in your car you're not really like choosing what topics you're listening to it's just there so I feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that like oh they chose to listen and you know this is gonna you're gonna get everything here yeah you're able to of course there's no you're allowed to swear too which I just love swearing um so I find that like kind of fitting as well because I don't think you're allowed to do that on the radio um you know I've, I've had some slip-ups but like <laughs> it's usually frowned upon uh so yeah having that you know sort of freedom with podcasting I personally personally love yeah we should note that this year's runners-up were Brock Lewis of the Brock and Dalby show which airs on Rogers Rock Stations in Ontario and Roxanne Guerin of Max 103 in Valleyfields Quebec do you have any advice for other up-and-coming young broadcasters or thoughts you'd like to share with all of the finalists that you beat out this year? Because I hear that there was significant competition. Oh, oh well, I don't want to think of it as beat out. You know, it's just, it, I feel like it's all about timing because, I mean, I'm going to look, I'm actually like looking back at this year and I was feeling really overwhelmed and was like, is this sustainable? Can I keep going? Because, you know, radio is a hard, hard thing to get into, right? You constantly feel like you're on an uphill battle and you're like, when are things going to finally work out? I'm working so hard. I'm working so many jobs just to keep going. And am I going to be able to do this forever? You know, and I just feel like just keep on doing what makes you feel good because that's what kept me in it the whole time is like, 
I can't imagine myself doing anything else. And if that's how you feel, then you have to keep doing it and you have to just find a way to do it. And the fact that we get to be so creative and take so many risks on air is just so exciting. I mean, I think radio just has like this beautiful magic to it where you can create whatever scene you want through audio and it doesn't require a whole bunch of like money or it doesn't require you know a big production team or anything like that you can do it all yourself and it's all in front of you so just keep on reminding yourself why you're in radio and what you would be doing if you weren't in radio because that's what's kept me in it it's like I don't know what I would be doing if I if I wasn't in radio so yeah and I mean the people who've won this award uh, before me like Lauren Hunter oh my gosh, she is just so brilliant. And it's just because she just is doing what she loves and she's just doing what she finds funny and what she, you know, what brings her joy. And it's just authentic, right? You know, she's not trying to be anyone else. It's just, she's just being herself. And I, I think that's what you got to keep on doing is just don't focus on other people. Focus on like why you're in it and why you're doing it. And people are going to love it and hop on board and have fun with you um, on that journey. I'm a huge fan of Lauren's too. And and if anyone wants to go back and listen to the podcast we did with her last year when she was young broad, or actually it was two years ago that she was young broadcaster of the year. She is like one of the funniest people in radio, hands down, I think right now. As part of being young broadcaster of the year, you're headed to Toronto to Canadian Music Week and Radio Days North America, where you'll receive your award. What are you looking forward to? Well, I am excited to just see what Toronto's like. To be honest, I was born in Toronto. Um, and then when I was two weeks old, my mom packed up our family, which is me, my two sisters and my dad, and drove us across Canada to Vancouver. And we've been in the mainland and then now Victoria since. And I haven't been back to Toronto since I was two weeks old. So obviously I don't remember anything. Um, so I'm just excited to be in the city where I was born. That's super exciting to me. Um, I'm excited to meet people in the industry. I mean, I live on an island, so I feel like I'm in a little bit of a bubble. So I'm excited to kind of burst that bubble and meet new people. I'm also nervous. Like I, I, I don't do a lot of you know, networking or anything like that, again, being on the island. So a little bit nervous, but that always excites me. I love doing those kind of new things. Yeah, just mainly meeting people. I think that's what I'm really looking forward to. Is there a thought <laughs> that you'd like to close on? This is this is something that I think about quite often as as we see the industry and we're constantly getting asked, like, what is the future of radio? What does that look like? And there's a lot of fear right now is like, is radio going to be, you know, taken over by AI or what's going to happen to radio hosts? And I think we are totally in control of the future of radio. And the reason why I got into it was that magic feeling of that human connection that is different from any other media. And that has to do with live humans on the other end of the radio. And I think if we want to keep radio alive, we have to keep it live. We can't be spreading people so thin that we're constantly thinking, How, can I do this forever? I'm burnt out. Is this sustainable? Oh my gosh, I'm working so many jobs. Um, even within this company, I'm working so many jobs. So just being able to keep people on the other end, keeping it live, I think is a huge thing. Of course, that's easier said than done when money comes into play. But I, I strongly believe that is what is going to keep radio alive. And yeah, that's that's kind of 
what brought me into it, at least. And I think for other people, it's the same. Congratulations on your award, Jenny. And thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It was so nice meeting you. And I can't wait to meet you in real life in Toronto. for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Alison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.